0: Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a congregation, a Torah initiative. Today, we are studying the 23rd chapter, the 23rd Perek of Shmuel Bet, which is a difficult Perek to understand. It opens with a very dramatic introduction. Ela divrei david ha'acharonim. These are the final words of David, the words of David, the son of Yishai, the words of David, the anointed of the God of Yaakov, Ne'im Zmirot Yisrael, the sweet singer of Israel. And so with that beautiful introduction, our, our expectations are quite high for what this perek will bring, what David will say in this kind of valedictory address, but what follows is kind of surprising. The introduction uh, is followed by six psukim, which are very terse and very hard to parse, in which David says, among other things, that a king must fear God. He draws attention to the eternal covenant that God has made with his household, and he disparages men who are ungodly and who are wicked. Those are the elements of the speech, but it's it's tough to string it together uh, to really understand the the point, the essence of this section. It's written in a in a style quite different than that which comes before it. Um, and uh, meaning it's it's not in the style of Tehillim. It's, it's as I said, very, very rather terse, difficult to parse. And I would say it altogether kind of is uh, perhaps a little bit underwhelming uh, given the very, very beautiful and kind of dramatic introduction that comes before it. So I'll, I guess I'll put that to you as the listener to now go and, and look and try to really work through these psukim, try to discover in them what exactly gives them, lends them such importance and significance to uh, be suited, so well suited uh, for the introduction that it receives. So give that some consideration. Following that, the rest of the parak consists of a uh, a list of the most loyal and capable warriors and generals that served David. A number of these men are listed together with a short anecdote that exemplified their bravery and their strength, but the stories themselves are not so much stories they are not really being told as they are being referenced, hinted at, as if David is talking to an audience that already knows the details, right? So if I tell you, uh, you know, Yonah who uh, survived the belly of the whale, we all know the whole story because we're familiar with it and that's all I really need to say in order to identify this uh, this much longer narrative in Yonah's life. And that's kind of how David references a lot of these anecdotes. Uh, This is how David describes these men with these just kind of gestures at longer stories. But we are left uh, in the dark on on much of the detail. The one story that is told with some detail is a story of David fighting the Plishtim at a time when the Plishtim had a garrison in Beis Lechem. So maybe this is kind of just after Shaul died, and David has become uh, king, and we're told that it's during the very hot uh, time of the year, the time of the harvest, or it's, uh, we'll, we'll just we'll assume it's t- during the time of the harvest. And uh, David kind of wistfully says that uh, he wishes for uh, for some water, some of the refreshing water from the the well uh, in Beis Lechem near the gate. And three of his soldiers they go and they risk their lives to retrieve the water from Beis Lechem, breaking through a plishti garrison on Beis Lechem. So only when they return with the water does uh, the kind of the the, the irony is that David then doesn't drink the water because David says how inappropriate it would be for him to benefit from this extremely risky mission that they had undertaken just to satisfy kind of a, a whim of David. But What's clear from David's response is that when David said that he wished for the cold water of Bezalatim, he didn't actually mean that men should go and fetch him the water because it was just an enormously risky task to be undertaken, and yet that's what they did. And I think the point of this little anecdote is not so much to highlight, uh, it, it definitely highlights David's piety when he says, I can't drink this water, but I don't think that's the point. Um, and I, I also don't think uh, that the point of this story is to to demonstrate to us how careful David had to be with what he said, because he could say something and and people would take it seriously. And I think that's also a point in the story. I think that's something that we extract, that David is realizing he can't just, you know, wistfully wish for something because it, it might end up... Uh, becoming in someone's mind a command, um, I think that the point of this story is the is the bravery of the men. That's how it's kind of made consistent with the rest of the parak. The context indicates to us that the point of this story is to basically say, look how brave, how loyal these men were that they were willing to risk their lives to undertake mission impossible to break through a Plishti garrison just to deliver a cup of cold water to David. That I think is the the essence. Of this story. Another kind of interesting note that some have picked up on is the fact that David's request here for the, the water of Beislechem may have altogether been metaphoric. Not just that he, oh, he really did wish for that water, but he was not commanding people to go do it. Uh, it, 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 it perhaps even goes a step further. David wasn't even really talking about the water. What was David really yearning for? What's Beis Lechem? David is from Beis Lechem. That's his childhood home. And so David is at this complex moment in his life, exactly when it is uh, we could debate, but... There's almost no moment in David's life that isn't fraught with all sorts of challenges. So David is 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 saying, "How I wish I could drink the water of Beis Lechem." He's he's kind of yearning for the simplicity of his youth, like a person might say in in a very complex moment in their adult life that they you know, "How I wish I could go back and whatever it is, taste the you know, just drink that milkshake from my childhood uh, pizzeria, whatever the case may be." You might kind of use that as this image of youth, of simplicity, and David is saying how I wish I could drink the waters of Beis Lechem. and I guess the great irony is that David is so far from that moment, from that simplicity in his earlier life, that he can't even utter those words without three men risking their life to go and recover an actual cup of water for him. So if you read it in this way, it's a moment of great irony and really kind of a humorous moment uh, as well. But certainly the essential message is to is to demonstrate just how brave, loyal, and committed uh, these men were to David. The parak then ends off by listing uh, a number of warriors. Right, we started with a list of warriors, each one with a little bit of an anecdote. Then it goes to just a pure list with just basically. Uh, the names, and the final name on this list is Uriah Hachiti, and his placement here at the very end of the list is certainly very deliberate, and it's kind of a gut check, as the parak is punctuated with a, a reference to David's greatest moment of shame. The parak is ostensibly a happy parak, a positive parak. We're ending off the safer, we're ending off on a very positive note. These are the last words of Do- uh, of David, and so it's unexpected, and and it's 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 kind of uh, aside from just being a an unexpected appearance of Uriah. It also is uh, it heightens our appreciation for the the kind of uh, the depth of the uh, mistake of the error of the sin uh, that David committed. Why? Because in the course of the story of David, Bathsheba, and Uriah, we know we know a bit. About Uriah. We know that he's a warrior. We know that he is someone who has great integrity. He's unwilling to go back to eat a lavish meal and to be together with his wife while his friends are out on the battlefield. So we know that he's clearly a a person who is not only innocent, but is a person of high moral standing. But in addition to that, what we now learn is that Uriah was distinguished as one of David's absolutely most elite and loyal soldiers. And so by making this very exclusive list, it further elevates our appreciation of the gravity of David's betrayal in his actions with Bathsheba and towards Uriah. And I think the fact that he is the final person on that list is meant to be this kind of a a little bit of a gut check at the end. The list then concludes by saying 37 in all, right? It gives you this list and how many people is that in total? 37, meaning there were 37 warriors that are included uh, in the perek. The problem is if you count, you'll find only 36 not thirty-seven. So who is the thirty-seventh? And there are a lot of different answers that the Meforshim give. Uh, a lot of good answers that you could give to this question. But in my opinion, the most obvious and the most glaring omission from the list is Yoav. Yoav, of course, being David's primary general and warrior. And perhaps what we can say is that his exclusion from the list reflects the kind of continued sense of resentment that David felt towards Yoav for having killed Avshalom, David's son, killing Amasa and perhaps killing Avner. Um, So there is that tension that we feel between uh, David and Yoav. The list concludes with the conspicuous number 37, which is meant, I think, as this kind of obvious gesture towards Yoav. It's so clear. You can't have a list of David's great warriors and not include Yoav, but he is also being excluded um, at, at the very same time, meaning there's this, we're excluding him, from the list he's not listed but because of his obvious outsized importance in David's life he still ha- he still makes the list in a certain respect and that's why the list includes 36 names it excludes Yoav, but the, ultimately the number of the of the warriors that were loyal to Yoav was th- uh, to, that were loyal to David was 37 because the list is still fundamentally incomplete unless you include David's most loyal warrior his most loyal general, and that is Yoav. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz and happy learning.